Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in the wonderful land of crowdfunding? You know, I mention it every week. That magical place where all this free money comes in because you're working on a product. You know, that magical place. It's got balloons and streamers and all kinds of fun stuff. Yes, we all know that that place doesn't exist, which is why we do this podcast. So that's what's going on here. So if you this is your first time, thank you. You know, sit back, enjoy. Um, we're going to have an amazing conversation in here in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about to the Albi, which is a smart wine preservation and dispenser. That's right. We're going to be talking about wine with uh, Douglas Beltran here in just a little bit here. So that, that conversation is coming up in just a moment. Uh, but again, like I said, if it's your first time here, the goal of this podcast is to talk to project creators while they are in the middle of yeah, that's right. While they're in the middle of a campaign. That's right. It's that crazy. We're talking, trying to talk to people while they're in the middle of it, you know, while they're in the weeds, while they got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So that way it's the most real and most up-to-date information for you. Somebody who's thinking about running a project, right? What you don't want to do is read a blog from 2011. Somebody says, oh, this is the things I did. 2011, it's a long time ago, man. We got a whole bunch of new stuff going on here. So that's what we do here. So thank you if this is your first time. And for all of you other listeners out there, thank you for showing up, right? Yeah, we're just going to throw out a lot of, lot of thank yous today. Um, but yeah, so, man, how about that Super Bowl last night? Did you guys uh, get a chance to watch all that? That was a good game. I had a nice time. Went down to my parents' house. Uh, we, well, we went there with a, more of a heavy intentions, right? Because my dad's, a, dad's at the last days and um, had to, uh, you know, bring the kids down, right? Atticus and Neve came down to you know, just kind of be around, um, you know, so I got that. A lot up here, a lot up here in the brain right now. Um, but it was good to watch the Super Bowl, you know? How about that halftime show? Nothing but lip syncing out there. It's just dancing right now, right, guys? Does anybody, nobody sings anymore. That's because if you don't put the mic, if you notice, like, watch. Well, you see that? There's nothing happening. I have to, stuff has to actually come out. The microphone, it's got to pick it up. So as somebody who does live sound, I just get so frustrated watching it because I'm like, guys, this isn't even close to uh, to the real thing here. It's just not even close, <laughs> but whatever. Hey, the dance is good. My mom liked it, right? It's all about making sure that, that that the moms out there like it. So yeah, everybody else is all into it, and I'm just like, guys, this is that's not. They're not even trying to sing anymore. Why even have the microphone? Just, just. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get that charade. I don't. Well, I mean, I do get it because um, as somebody who does live sound, I'm always just like, man, to do a Super Bowl like that would just be. <laughs> Man, that's a lot of work, right? You got like what five minutes to set up to do a broadcast to billions of people in the world. Yeah, that's pressure. That is pressure. But I guess if you don't have to really mix and you're I mean, at the end of the day, you're probably running like three channels, right? A two track, maybe a vocal up a little bit. Maybe there is a hot mic, but then you may have your vocal. So you might just be mixing a couple things, but you know, like whenever they have a real band, I mean, this is this is some insight for me when they had like the Stones on or Bruce Springsteen and you see like the mix is awful because that's really hard to mix quickly in like five minutes, right? To make sure everything's patched correctly and you just run it all around. And um, so I see why they do a lot of this, like the hip hop stuff, because it's literally, they just give you, a, this is the CD without the vocals. 
or here it is with the vocals, just sing over it and, or just sing these two or three little lines by yourself or, or just make sure the mic's on enough to do the, how's everybody doing out there? You know, just to get that. But after, after that, it, it's, it's just about hitting your dance steps, man. So, and I get it. Now the dancing is tough. I'm not going to lie on that. The dancing is tough, but <sighs> it'd be nice to sing. All right. That's my rant about the Super Bowl. but the game was great. I had a nice time. I got to, um, we, we drove home the third quarter basically because I was at my parents' house. We drove home to get the kids home and I got to watch basically the end of the game with, with my son Atticus who was up and into it. So that was awesome for me. I, I just, you know, I'm finding more and more that I want to really make sure that I'm enjoying these events, um, with my son and stuff. So, um, so that was great. I hope you guys had a great time too last night watching the game. And I'll tell you what though, I've got the uh, Monday hangover. I, I think next year, I have to remember this. You take the Monday off, right? You just, I, it's my business. I don't need to be here, but you know what? Man, I'm tired today. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. So that's what's going on around here. So we got, oh, I got other news. I've got this too. You know what happened to me on Friday? So I just got a brand new car. Just got a 2000, well, I guess 2018. Uh, it's a two, you know, it's, it's a little old. It's like a 20,000 miles on it, but I just got this car. And I, I drove it down Friday to Dundee. I had a funeral Friday. I got a lot of stuff going on. Actually, I had a lot of stuff this weekend. And uh, I go to put gas in it. And guess what? doesn't start or i can't i'm not i'm sorry it doesn't start i can't get the gas in it i'm like what so i go to the first gas station and i think oh well, they must be out of gas the, the tank's empty i go to the second one right across the street start again same thing i was like how could two gas stations in dundee michigan be out of gas right now what am i doing so i go to the third right go to the third one put it in nothing just the gas pump just keeps shutting off i'm like what is going on so i get very very frustrated so I go and I talk to the assistant, the assistant or whatever. And she's like, oh, I think you're, uh, yeah, they must have air in the tank or something. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? I've never even heard of this. So yeah. So I, it takes me about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. I get $3 worth him in that time, which is like a gallon and a half and make my way back home. And I drive the hour on, you know, roll in, take the car to the, to the uh, dealership the next day. And I'd freak out. I'm like, I just bought this car, man. Just got it. Just got it. I got it on Tuesday. <laughs> Today's Friday. What the? Very intense. Very intense. Um, but I think they're fixing it. Um, I'm really hoping that I'm not getting charged for this because, um, you know, I bought basically, uh, I mean, what do they do? Don't they do the, the, the expect, inspection and stuff? I don't know. I can't put gas in the car. And, and how do they get gas in the car before that? Before I do it? Bonkers. So, I'm driving a rental car right now. I got a, I got a rental. It's going to take a couple more days because I get waiting on some parts. Um, but yeah, very frustrated with the brand brand new car. And and I turned in my beater car, which I've talked about a lot. I turned in a car that had basically no only one headlight, uh, no dome light, uh, no sh barely any brakes, no shocks, no bumpers, um, a muffler that completely fell off to where it was like it was as loud as you can imagine. Um, Oh, no power steering. <laughs> it's a bad car. Hey, it had a lot of miles on it. Cyan, thank you so much for all your work, Cyan. You guys, you guys, you did a nice job. That was a nice, nice job. So that's all. Yeah, that's that. That's what's been going on. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. So, okay, that's enough about what's going on over at One Ones Away and in my life. Um, so why don't we go ahead and kick it to my conversation. And I do, I cannot pronounce uh, the name of this company. Uh, it's, it's Italian. It's Italian. I don't know. I can't get it out. It doesn't come off the tongue. So um, they call it the Albi. 
I'm going to call it the LV as well. And it's a smart wine preservation and dispenser. Very, very cool. And it won some awards at CES. This is an awesome, awesome campaign. If you guys want to be a Gawker backer, remember I've talked about Gawker backers. That's when you follow campaigns just to follow because they're sweet. Follow this one. Go follow this one. Go support it. And if you're a wine drinker, you just get get the get the dispenser. Get it. Order it. Um, very, very cool stuff here. So, um, okay, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Doug from the Albie. All right, Doug, with the red lights on, so this is where all the pressure is, and I'm, you can probably feel the nervousness already just running through your body, so uh, if you can just fight through it, we'll, we'll just talk about crowdfunding. So um, why don't we do a simple uh, and quick sound check here before we, we jump in. Why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? So for breakfast, pretty simple. Just had uh, yogurt and some orange juice. Nothing too fancy. Nothing too fancy there. That's a staple. Well, yogurt and orange juice. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think we're sounding good. We'll, we'll, we'll jump right into it here. So why don't you tell my listeners um, what you're currently raising money for over on Kickstarter? So our company is called Albiquiere, and we're based in Perugia, Italy. And really what we've done is we created the world's first smart wine dispenser. Um, it has a, a lot more than it actually does than just pour wine, but realistically in a snapshot, um, we use smart bag technology that communicates with our dispenser and it just gives you the perfect pour of wine. Hmm. That's interesting. So for our listeners who can't see it or haven't been on the page yet, can, I, can, I, can you kind of describe it with words? Like what does this look like? Is it a big thing on a desk somewhere? What does this thing look like? So realistically, it looks like it's uh, sort of like an enlarged and fancy coffee machine. Uh, it has a display in it and it has a case that opens up that has the internal components that uh, communicate with the technology, which is sort of like a, a little bit of a larger coffee machine is how I describe it with a, a fancy display. Hmm. That's, it. That's interesting. And what's happening then? So is it something that you're, I guess, walk me through like how you use it. Is it, I open a bottle of wine, I dump everything in there, or is it at like the end of the meal? I, I didn't finish the bottle, then I use it like what? How would people use this? So I guess from beginning to end, if I could just take a couple moments to describe everything right off the bat of how it works and then maybe develop the, the, um, the conversation from there. So everything starts out at the cantinas or the wineries themselves. We have smart wine bags that um, they're a lot more durable. They're a lot more lightweight and um, less fragile than the traditional glass bottles. So coming directly from the winery, we'll have these smart wine bags and then they get shipped to whatever the point of destination is. We use NFC technology, which means it tracks it from point of origin to point of destination, and it lets you know the condition your wine arrived in. So maybe it got ruined in transit somewhere in the supply chain if it got you know, exposed to too much heat or cold or if it was repeatedly shaken. You could just do a quick test with your phone and you make sure that the wine arrived in perfect condition. And again, it uses blockchain technology so it can't be manipulated. And once you actually confirm that it's good, it goes inside of our smart wine dispenser. It's a really quick, um, easy full system. Full bags of wine then? Uh, the wine uh, itself is inside being of the bags. That, the bags that's that's the best to way to the sort of, kind of use the they system? They just pop in. It's a couple of seconds. And then the dispenser itself will read the NFC chip. So it will give you the display of the wine, you know, the year, make, model, all of the information that comes from the wine and the recommended conditions from the cantina. From that point, what our dispenser does is it will actually, it will heat it up or it will cool it down to the recommendations uh, from the cantina. But let's say you have an old, your own wine bottle itself, you have something at dinner um, and you just 
don't finish the bottle for whatever reason, or if you have a really expensive bottle that you want to preserve, what happens is our dispenser comes with an adapter. It's a really simple system. We have some white label bags that also have NFC chips in them. And you literally could pour it from the, from the bottle into our smart bags. And our dispenser itself also has a, a sensor on it, or you could use our app. And you could just literally say, uh, you know, program this to be, you know, Rufino Red 2019, and it stores all of that information. Wow, man, that's a lot going into uh, just a, just having a glass of wine at dinner. Man, that's a lot of stuff. That's awesome, though. Um, so it, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, then what you're describing. So is it I'm ordering? Uh... So, yeah, we have 80 plus letters of interest from across Italy, but uh, we had a lot of fanfare at CES. So people have been reaching out from across the world, which has been pretty cool. So it can come directly from the cantinas themselves, from the wineries themselves. But also, if you just happen to have a bottle at your house, you could, you know, pour it directly in. So it's multi-use. So you can use it from traditional bottles or you can order it and have it directly um, as is in the, in the bags to begin with. That's cool. And is it something that you can store, like, do you have two different bags in the machine or is it one bag in the machine per bottle of wine? So as of right now, because we're still, you know, a pretty young company, um, we're starting close to home and we're starting with one bag per but it's a seamless transition. So let's say you're having a, a you know, a glass of wine um, with a couple of friends or you're, you're enjoying some wine with some friends and, you know, people want different wines. It's as easy as just literally uh, opening the dispenser itself, pulling one bag out and you could store it in a normal room condition, temperature condition, atmosphere, and then just put another one in. It takes a couple moments to heat it and cool it to whatever you want it at. And then the next one is ready to go. So again, it's, you're just talking in a matter of a few moments to switch them out. That's cool. Where, where was sort of the starting point of this idea or like, hey, this is a problem I think we can fix. Where, where did that sort of start to happen? So that happened with my colleagues in Italy. So we're an Italian company um, and two of my partners, the two founders are Diego Massimo and they worked together for about 12 or so years doing, you know, technology uh, problems and resolution problems. And one night at dinner, they realized um, that, you know, the wine wasn't quite right uh, when they chilled it and when they chilled one of the whites it was just too cold at that point and it wasn't getting served you know at the proper condition so that was sort of the brainchild of saying hey you know let's you know explore this opportunity or this option hmm. that's interesting and what in a in a process like this it seems like there's a gazillion variables not only just in the manufacturing but in the wine side itself of like each wine is 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 uh the best at this temperature flavor whatever it might be all, all the different variables there how do you start to sort of corral this gigantic task though to to get to where you guys are right now like what are those steps in that process so uh, i think you hit the nail on the head with that because um wine and the fan base itself is so particular so people have different tastes different recommendations so we started out we're you know we're coming up with the database from the cantinas themselves for their specific recommendations we're building the database on there and and we're incorporating all that information into our, um, our information system right off the bat. But again, it's adjustable. So let's say you have a particular one that you like and you want it a little bit higher, a little bit lower, you can also record that yourself and you could have it you know, adjusted for something for your, your specific preferences or tastes. Wow, wow. How did you get involved in this uh, with the company in Italy and stuff? What's your story? how did you get there? So I had a really weird transition in general. Um, I spent five years in the military and uh, after that in the US Army, I, you know, I applied to college, didn't know anything about it. And the first thing they told me when I was accepted was to study a foreign language. 
So randomly chose Italian and uh, I had a business background and kind of was bouncing around with that and, and going abroad. And um, I have another company there with one of my partners and through the, the circuit in Italy with the startup community, um, I ended up meeting them um, and getting invited to go out to CES when they were invited back in 2019. And right off the bat, you know, it was still really early uh, at, at that point. Um, but I knew that this is something I wanted to be part of. And when I saw what they were doing and what they saw what I was able to do, we know that this was, you know, kind of um, a good match for both of us. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and it, like, you know, again, are you a wine connoisseur? Like, did, you know, is that something that was in your background where you're like, oh, I've got the, uh, what's the, there was a Netflix documentary. What's the special, like the people that have like the special taste buds that like taste the wine. Isn't there a name for that? Oh yeah. I, yeah. They have them and they even have like wine ambassadors and all this high level, but um, I don't know if you see the hat right here, but so I'm not too far across from, I'm on the other side of the lake from you in Buffalo. And uh, where I grew up in South Buffalo, it's very, um, you know, Buffalo's transitioning, but it's very uh, cheap whiskey and cheap beer. And that's what I grew up with. Um, so when I was studying abroad, I was like, oh, this wine thing, it's really not for me. And then once I actually started giving it a chance and sampling and, and, and seeing, I was like, oh, this stuff's actually pretty cool. But it's nothing that I grew up around. Definitely not a connoisseur by any means, but I've uh, expanded my palate at least to, to be in that field. That's nice. And um, when you guys were putting this together, was what was the conversations around like a customer persona, especially with a product that has, you know, the, uh, you know, a very high end expertise level down to I went to CVS and bought the uh, $6 thing or whatever, you know, I just wanted some wine. Like, like, how did you guys start to identify who you thought this customer would be, who would want this, you know, in their kitchen or, you know, or at, at, their, at their home? How did you guys start to kind of figure out who you think would support this? So, I mean, that is such a huge question that has uh, so many variables as well, because I think a lot of companies, especially the startup community, wants to say, well, hey, we're going to create a product that's good for everybody across the board. You know, we want to try to reach as mass, as much of a mass as possible. And, you know, that's ideal. But in all reality, we had to identify who our clients were going to be. Um, for example, we're an Italian company, but Italians are very particular with their wine. And we weren't foreseeing having the feedback that we did with with Italy, uh, you know, when we launched the crowdfunding campaign, uh, the Kickstarter campaign, um, we had a lot of positive feedback from Italy, which was quite a surprise. We were traditionally expecting this to be um, a huge market in North America and Northern Europe, uh, where they also, they enjoy the wine, but they're, they're beyond the tradition of having bottles um, or, you know, we're not trying to break that tradition. That's always going to be there, but we're trying to solve some problems. And I think um, it's so ingrained in the culture there. So we started looking at um, who are the wine drinkers, not, not just in North America, but who are the wine drinkers out there? And then who are the ones that this product would appeal to? Uh, people could afford it, but um, who just don't want to waste it. Um, the, the biggest problem I think that we solved that I didn't mention earlier is with our system, once you open a bottle of wine, it's good for up to six months, which the closest thing on the market, right? And the way it's on the market, there's a few things that use gas and, um, pump systems that extend it for a couple of days to maybe two months is, is at least as far as I've seen. So we, we solve a problem way beyond that where we're not just heating and cooling it, but we're preserving the wine. So when we're looking at who our client base is, we're looking at a lot of, okay, does this have more B2B business to business impact or business to customer impact? So one of the logical approaches were, okay, well, restaurants and wine bars, which are popping up all over the place, because right now they sell less expensive wine by the glass um, because they really can't afford to spend uh, or use a more of an expensive bottle and have it go to waste. 
that's what our name means, Albiquerque, it means by the glass. Um, so now people could have unlimited access to their inventory. So whether, you know, it's an affordable product. So if you're, you know, we have a huge demographic of, you know, um, young moms who just enjoy a glass of wine, but maybe don't want to get sloshed. So, um, you know, where they're not, you know, taking out the whole bottle to uh, bars and restaurants to young, not even just young, but couples, um, you know, we have, we have a, a lot of demographics, so it's still kind of honing in on that, but if, if that kind of makes sense. Sorry, kind of no, definitely, there. definitely. Well, you know, it's intriguing because, um, you know, I kind of spaced on the restaurants. So I just, I didn't even, I used to work in restaurants forever, but like, you know, as the startup and as you're kind of going, you know, I can almost see like a restaurant needing, you know, 10 of these or like, you know, just that wholesale B2B as opposed to going to the one-offs, right? The, the, the right to the consumer. As a startup, did you guys have conversations around, hey, let's, let's, let's try to focus, let's go to Kickstarter because it's going to go to consumer as opposed to standing back and going, man, just, let's just call restaurants because it feels like a no-brainer to a restaurant. So I just think about all the wine that, uh, that you waste, you know, like I opened a bottle and we sold two glasses. Exactly. Exactly. And we've had that discussion. Um, you know, I try to bring my knowledge from the American market and trying to, you know, do a lot of research on that end to, to present it because different, different countries have different markets, but that's just a logical transition. And I think it went from, okay, well, where is going to be our primary focus, at least in the beginning, is it going to be the business? Is it going to be the customers? Cause there's restaurants, even the airlines. Um, we've been in talk with some who really like the idea because our product is a lot lighter. Uh, you know, where all of the, you know, material matters, um, the weight. So we, we've generated a lot of interest. Um, and I think some people are waiting to see how our Kickstarter campaign goes before we get to that level. But what's really cool about that is we're getting the recognition. Um, we're getting a lot of publicity. And especially at CES, we won an innovation award. We were one of about 80 companies there to get that, which was, you know, really humbling because thank you so much, um, because it's brought a lot of positive press in our light and a lot of people have um you know i, I got laryngitis from just talking so much there which is pretty cool that's a good way to get it yeah that, that that's great is there a you know with a product like this is there a the do you have to navigate the purest factor of like you know just this this whole this whole niche that you're in you know is there like that purist who's like oh no 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 the the, the wine has to do this this has to happen this has to happen it has to be it has to be in a glass or like like, is, is that something that you guys have to navigate? Almost like a, maybe it's like the troll world of this niche that could possibly potentially be there. Is that something that you guys have to, to kind of navigate? Not as much as we thought, because again, that's a conversation that we've had. And we know that, you know, wine has been around since the beginning of time. So we're trying to bring something that's this age old market into the 21st century. So we've had a couple people, a handful say, okay, well, you know, you're going to have a really difficult time or you got a lot of barriers to overcome, which some of them we understand. But uh, again, with the Kickstarter, we were surprised to see, um, you know, the feedback that we've had because we solve a lot of problems. Um, you know, again, we understand that bottles will always be there. Um, but, but one of the things we do is we're 40% greener because when you're shipping these, these bags, it lets you know where in your supply chain the damage is. So you're protecting your inventory. It's also a lot lighter. So it's not, you're not putting as many emissions in and it's just easier to ship at that point. The bags are more durable. So... I think a lot of people are recognizing like these are some real problems that we're solving. We're able to protect the inventory. We're, we're able to ensure that our product arrived satisfactory. So although there is kind of, like you said, that I don't want to necessarily call them trolls, but people who are very traditional, that's always going to be there. And we understand that, but we want to make sure, Hey, if you have this, you know, high quality bottle that maybe you want to only use for special occasions, 
you now, you know, can extend the life of that for, you know, a much longer time period. So, right, right. Yeah. I think it's just, I think it's because this is such a long tradition wine, right? I mean, this is long, it goes back as long as we, we all, we all can remember, right? Um, that, that to sort of inject technology into this like sacred thing, you know, um, it, it, I can see how it could potentially rub some people like, we don't need tech in this. We've, we, we've survived for 2000 years or whatever it is, you know, like, do we need all this tech? But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I'm like, man, it, it, it's the shipping, the green, you know, knowing if something's been damaged, uh, ex, uh, extending the life, it feels like it's just, it's a win-win. Um, yeah. So very, very cool. Well, let's flip over a little bit to the actual Kickstarter. So um, as you guys are sort of navigating and we kind of talked a little bit about it, but maybe expand a little bit more on how and why you thought, Hey, let's, let's go to Kickstarter to, to prove some of these things and to try to get some feedback. Like why, why did you guys make that decision? Um, well, there are a lot of internal con- uh, conversations and um, you know, there's a couple platforms out there and just the conversations we had, we decided to go with Kickstarter. Um, I don't think it was necessarily just to raise the funds, but you know, to, to get a test. I mean, that's, that's been cool. And the feedback's been pretty cool with that as well, but it's to get an understanding of saying, okay, well, we know, that this product makes sense. We solve so many problems, the things that we just spoke about. Um, we know that this makes sense. You know, it's, it's a no brainer for us, but what does the public think? What do clients think? What do people think? And again, we could get, you know, feedback at CES and, you know, some of the conversations from the cantinas, but this is within the internal wine community itself or people who are just interested in tech. So what was pretty cool and why we decided with the Kickstarter, one of, one of the thoughts was, well, let's see what you know the real world thinks about this let's see if we can you know bring this to this platform and let's see if we can have success um and you know me personally i was just a little nervous just to see what the feedback is it's like okay we have 45 days to meet this goal i hope we can i think we set the bar at an appropriate amount we we you know had those discussions and the feedback's been pretty good yeah that's great and and i forgot to mention too is i mean so right now we're talking with about 34 days ago when this goes public it'll probably be around day 30 day 29 somewhere around there um but you guys are right now at about 116,000, and your goal was roughly about thirty-three thousand or so so you guys have obviously crushed it um at, at this point and and it should literally only be going this way so so that's great um but but behind the scenes what was maybe was, um like the biggest challenge that you guys in terms of either putting the page together the story the branding, the rewards, you know, pricing, shipping, what was sort of the biggest thing that you guys had to like, Carter, sort of be like, yeah, we're going to do this, but now here's this challenge. Um, well, there are several challenges and we've worked with a couple of really wonderful professional companies um, that helped us with our Kickstarter campaign. And there were a lot of internal discussions because, you know, everybody approaches you, especially when they think that you have a really good product of saying, okay, you know, we want to bring this to fruition. Um, so we worked with a couple great companies. It was first deciding who we want to work with. One of the hugest obstacles to over- overcome is, you know, the Kickstarter, the main base of it. Well, I don't want to say the main base, but um, we knew that there would be a primary base that were not native Italian speakers. So it's getting all the information, everything that's in Italian and making sure we're, we're transitioning it into English and making sure we're having the verbiage and the right terminology. And we're able to describe this to not only wine connoisseurs, but people who might be just completely ignorant in the field and, you know, break it down to its simplest forms without obviously being condescending or insulting to anybody. And, um, you know, the commercial alone, there was a lot of back and forth with, um, you know, again, uh, making sure we have the right language because uh, there is a lot of translations that go through that. So that was a huge effort 
maybe at least on my behalf, I could say, but I know, I'm, I know my partners also had some huge obstacles to overcome as well. But for me personally, that was a big one. Yeah. Was there any sort of hesitation of having it listed as an Italian company? Because I, I mean, just from what we've seen as an agency from afar, you know, sometimes uh, countries outside of, you know, states or Europe or whatever have a little bit of a harder time just because the Kickstarter community is just not as, it's just not as popular in, 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 in some of those uh, countries and stuff. Is there anything along those lines? I, I personally don't think so. I mean, we've had discussions and saying, okay, do we want to keep this a made in Italy product? Um, you know, we have that designation right now, which is really cool because people associate Italy at least with more luxurious designs, with more quality products. And we really like having that designation. But that being said, there are a lot of benefits to bringing it abroad, uh, specifically here to the United States. So that's, you know, a conversation that we did have and that, you know, we're still continuing the discussion on that to say, okay, are we going to keep this primarily based in Italy? Are we going to, you know, come back in and, you know, headquarter here in North America? There's, you know, a, a larger client base here, we think. Um, um, and, uh, you know, there's money here for investors. There's, there's a lot of motivations. And that's one of the cool things is just having the ability to, you know, come back to the U.S. and then go back to Italy back and forth. If that's a problem I have, I'll, I'll gladly <laughs> accept that challenge. Yeah, it's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. Uh, well, Buffalo's a lot like Italy from what I've read in the past, right? It's like the same, yeah, same frigid, landscape. Frigid same. cold temperatures, north, yeah. uh, north tundra. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, well, you, you and I are probably have the exact same weather. I haven't seen, when was the last time you saw the sun? Uh, yeah, um, well, at, well, in, in Las Vegas, and then uh, oh, you were yeah, you had some Vegas time. I haven't been to Vegas in a while. Yeah, uh, so. And then from there, I was pretty lucky. Um, they call they call Las Vegas the Ninth Island. So there's there were a lot of cheap flights, and and uh, I was stationed in Hawaii when I was there. So I also went back there for a couple of days. So it was nice to get away for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just stuck in Detroit. So gray skies. I'm looking at them right now. Um, has there been anything that sort of stuck stood out to this point with the crowdfunding campaign? You know, maybe on the dashboard, like. Um, uh, we got a lot of Japan orders or something like you just didn't kind of anticipate or has there been anything that sort of stuck out as uh, as, as intriguing? Um, well, there are a few things. One is, and, and you alluded to this earlier, is I think it took us about, uh, I want to say an hour just to, to be a little bit diplomatic, but I think we, we reached the goal within about 30 minutes, which was a, a huge surprise. Again, we weren't sure just honestly what to expect. Um, we had ideas, you know, we looked at projections, we, you know, we were looking at other companies and kind of what they, they were able to do. So the fact that we knocked it out and now we're at about 350% of our goal and there's still, you know, uh, you know, we're only about a week plus into it. So that was a huge thing. And the other one um, I also alluded to earlier was the feedback that we had in Italy. I mean, this is obviously an Italian product. Um, and I think there's a lot of pride that goes with the made in Italy designation. But again, with them just being with, with Italians being so traditional, we were surprised to see, you know, looking at the data, how many people in country were really interested in this product as well. Hmm. It's interesting. So, you know, when you're in a campaign like this and you've got that momentum, what starts to happen with 34 days to go outside of being on this podcast? I mean, that's obviously the first thing you have to do, but past that, what, what, what other strategies are you guys like talking about, thinking about, you know, to sort of maximize the, the win that you've already had? So, um, you know, I think, I think with us, it was sort of like a rocket ship. It kind of took off pretty quickly. And then we've had sort of, you know, um, a continual return at a specific point. So we're still seeing some growth, but obviously it's it's um, not as an accelerated pace. So now we're working with companies and in the international realm to make sure that we're still getting traction and bringing this to other markets out there. Um, we've talked with people from um, 
Argentina, Australia, uh, a lot of people in California, and even here in New York, because wine is you know, obviously very popular in the Finger Lakes region, region for production, um, Israel. So we're trying to make sure that we maintain, um, excuse me, that, um, that, that attention that we're getting and let people know, hey, this is a product that are out there. Because again, without the fanfare we've received from CES, there have been a lot of um, positive publicity that we've been receiving. And we're so grateful for people like you and uh, your colleagues in the media. Uh, for keeping this out there, but we want to make sure it still kind of stays at the forefront. So I'm going to be hitting up some of the wine fairs. Uh, the first one of the year is going to be taking place here in Buffalo in just over a week. So I'm going to be presenting the product there and as, as other ones as we continue. That's cool. What happens, you know, after the campaign ends, all the money drops and all the dust sort of settles on this, what starts to happen behind the scenes for you guys as a company is manufacturing or finding factories? What starts to happen? <laughs> So, um, I mean, I think the very, the first thing is making sure we're able to get this to our, um, our clientele in the time that we've projected. Um, they've been extremely faithful to us. So we want to make sure our customers know, like, we're not just taking the money and, and, you know, um, going to kind of squander on trying to get more PR and stuff like, yeah, we want to try to get some advertising that's done, but we want to make sure that this is manufactured and developed. Uh, again, there's been some internal conversations on that. We've had some companies that reached out and said, hey, we might be able to produce this at a lower cost or do the same thing. We might be able to manufacture that at that level. But just to, um, you know, make sure we know that where we know where we're going with this. So if we're staying in Italy, if we're bringing it here to the U.S. or if there's another opportunity and, you know, getting the product out to our customers. Yeah. In, in a product like this, you know, what is like the, the, the biggest nightmare? Is it on the software side? Is it on the hardware side? Is it on the, 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 all the data for all the wines? Like what's the biggest thing that you, that you would say keeps you guys up at night? So I think that uh, that's more what my colleagues deal with on that end, but I would say anything that's hardware related is obviously going to be expensive. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta come up with the, you know, the engineering design, the moldings, you gotta make sure that the technology works. You gotta make sure it communicates with the software. Um, so I think it's all encompassing. I don't know about, you know, keeping up at night, um, per se as, as, you know, as troublesome, but it's just to say, sit there and make sure we are developing this where, you know, we're delivering what we promised to our people and making sure all the components, because there's so many moving components, are able to communicate with each other and and um, deliver a high quality product. Is, is this a product at some point that could, and this I, I, just, I don't know, can can go into other beverages at all or? Yep. So we're ex know? we're exploring that, and uh, one of the things that we were reached out um, tons actually uh, at CS was for sake um, because same thing with with that you know it's I would say even more particular with the temperature that it's served at. So that's one of the problems that we solve. So um, we are looking at getting in other um, industries and beverages right now. We're starting to do some research. Um, wine made the most sense because, you know, that was close to home. That's where it all started out at. Um, it only works for still wine. So non-sparkling non wines, non-champagnes where there's um, carbonation inside. We are exploring other channels with this. But to add on to that, another, another uh, application is um, medicine. And we've, we were reached out with, um, by some doctors and some engineers who want to use this as a system to administer medicine because the technology we use is sort of a, a, a pump style system. So it distributes a specific amount. So let's look at an IV, for example. If you have the traditional IV, it has to stay above your heart. Otherwise you'll start getting the backflow and it drips it at a certain rate. This could administer certain fluids at a specific amount of rate at a specific time. 
so there's there's even beyond the beverage industry there's there's a lot of places to go so we're exploring those options as well it's just you know making sure we crawl walk run and and you know solve one problem at a time yeah that's uh, both of those uh those are big other industries to <laughs> to just you know jump into man holy cow yeah, that's great. So, you know, so with the campaign all ending up, so what does like this next year look like? Maybe specifically for you, like, you know, what does day to day look like? Where do you guys at this point next year, what has happened? Um, so at this point next year, um, hopefully we'll be at CES again and we'll have, uh, you know, the product where we could actually have the full out demonstration or, or something nearby because there's specific regulations with distributing alcohol. Um, but uh, we would say um, at the close of summer, uh, early fall, you know, we have the crowdfunding, the people who purchased uh, through the Kickstarter campaign, they have their, their, um, their albiquieres, they have their albi machines, they're able to give us some feedback, what's working, what's not, uh, continue to work with the cantinas at the global scale. So hopefully there'll be a cool, couple cool trips uh, going to Australia or New Zealand, South Africa, Argentina, where, where there's huge wine developers where um, we can bring this product to the table for their company. Again, it solves so many problems. So we've had, um, you know, the people reaching out, we have especially a lot of smaller cantinas or wineries who exclusively go abroad because they can sell their product, let's say for 10 euros in Italy, but they can sell it for 35 euros in North America. So, you know, we could um, really streamline that, that shipping process for them, reduce costs. So really expand our base of wineries, uh, I think is another great place. And, work out the kinks in the system and hopefully start developing a two-tiered or a multi-tiered system as well. Yeah, that's cool. How about five years out? Can you guys pro project that far out and say like, you know, this is where we think this industry is going? Um, you know, just can you get like, how, what does projections look like for, for a product like this? So so the wine industry itself, and, and if, if my numbers are correct, if my memory serves me correct, is about a $432 billion industry globally annually. And we have such a hard time comprehending what that number means. And a way that I kind of put it together so people could understand is uh, 432 billion seconds ago, we have no recorded human history of anything. Um, so it's just such a massive industry. So um, I think there's a lot of growth overall. Uh, five years, I think, at least the way the market is now and trends are, especially here in North America, we're seeing wine bars pop up all over the place. We're seeing craft beer development. We're seeing people get into more, um, you know, boutique style, we're seeing, you know, dads across the industry start to do microbrews and people get into these industries. So we want to help small businesses or aspiring entrepreneurs. Excuse me, uh, we want to help them achieve their goals. We want to make sure we're able to um, cater to the industries that are across the board. Um, you know, we, we've envisioned having this in casinos. Uh, one of the things that I didn't mention is it's compatible with Alexa and with Google Home and stuff. So you could literally, if you have you know, a glass of wine under your, your under your Albi, you could sit there and say, Alexa, prepare me a glass of wine at 4.30, so you can have the wine ready for you while you're waiting. You just gotta make sure the glass is underneath, at least at the moment, because if not, you're gonna come home to a mess and maybe a drunk animal if you got a cat or dog hanging out. Um, there, there are parental controls with it too, but um, which is pretty cool. But we, we envision it being in hotels across America um, where you could just sit there and say, well, instead of open up the mini bar, you could literally walk in your hotel and say, hey, you know, pour me a glass of this or have that. So um, we like to have it in the, the airlines. Like, so we were, were in, in early development talks with the airline industry, but again, um, it's a lot, weighter, light, a lot lighter and it's um, more durable. So we like the airline industry as far as having this uh, on, you know, 
the jets across the sky so you're not opening up big heavy bottles or just throwing away a ton of mini bottles. So we're really trying to reduce waste. Uh, our bags are 100% recyclable, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're really trying to solve, you know, we're working with solving a lot of problems that especially go into waste. You know, we've, we've had this guaranteed through our, our packaging partner that all of the materials we use um, have the ability to not end up in, in, in landfills. So that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I mean, on our end, we're watching it. We're, we're, my wife and I are some wine connoisseurs over here. So we are monitoring this campaign and, and probably going to become supporters here because it seems like just a, a phenomenal product. How can people learn more outside of the Kickstarter? How can they dive into your guys' uh, universe? So uh, Kickstarter right off the bat has all the information on it and it, it really gives a, a, a really good snapshot of, of, you know, any questions that you have, we have the FAQ up there. We also have, you know, the traditional social media sites. Uh, we have our, our website, advocated.com. Um, and we also, we're, we're on Facebook with the same name. Um, and so we have, you know, the traditional sources that are out there. Um, some of the other things that you could um, maybe look up if you're, you're into reviews, just Google Albuquerque CES 2020. And then you could look at some of the tech uh, reviews that we've had or some of the reviews from Decanter and uh, some of the other publications that have been very kind to us as well. That's awesome. Well, Doug, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know in the middle of a Kickstarter, super, super busy, um, a lot of stuff going on, but uh, I think my, my, I'm hoping my audience really dug this and I know I enjoyed our conversation. So again, I'll put all the show notes uh, and the URLs and all your links uh, in it so people can go click on it. But uh, Doug, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so very much as well. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us uh, about a product. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thanks you too. All right. How about that conversation? Yes. Doug was great. Doug, it was awesome. Uh, well, we didn't record those afterwards. We got to talking a little bit just about Doug's a guitar player. He pulled out his, his, uh, his tailor. And uh, yeah, he's, he's into guitar. I'm into guitar. So we talked music for a while. And uh, we actually, yeah, we, we bonded pretty well. So um, it was a great conversation. So Doug, I appreciate uh, your time again. And everybody, like I said before, go check out the campaign. Really, really cool stuff here. Um, major tech and major innovations in the, in the, in the wine industry. And uh, yeah, we broke it all down. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Now, here's, let's do some, uh, let's get through our notes here. So one, if you're thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, do not launch that campaign. Pick a, at least get a call with me. Let me just put, make sure you have all the information. It's free. It's 20 minutes. Go to woodshed.agency backslash consultation. Pick a time for my calendar and let's at least chat. That way you have everything that you need to know. You don't need to hire me, but at least you know what is going on. So that's step one. Step two, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave a review. Leave us a review. Go tell your friends and family. Um, and make sure you're subscribed. Hit the subscribe button. Enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that's what's going on over here. So we are cranking up. We've got a lot of episodes coming out here. So everybody stay tuned. Make sure you're a subscriber, like I said. And um, yeah, let's enjoy, enjoy a little short people music. What do you think? Okay. All right, everybody. Talk to you all later.